Hi, I'm Sherry Todd, a former DJ, now a podcaster. Every week, I hope to take you on an adventure that informs, inspires, and starts conversations. I want to get honest, and I want to get to the heart of life and love. There's going to be good days, bad days, good shows, bad shows. And just like life, we have to figure it out. And I want to figure it out loud. Welcome to Sherry. Hey, welcome to another week of Sherapy. I'm Sherry Todd. And how's everything going? For me, it's going pretty good. Uh, just got back from the doctor, took mom to the doctor today. We decided that um, we're going to have her see a neurologist. Not a urologist, but a neurologist for the brain. So we can find out exactly how far along she is with her dementia. Um... Her doctor thinks she probably has vascular dementia, but uh, the neurologist will, you know, do tests and find out for sure. And hopefully we'll see, you know, what she has, how far along she is, and um, what kind of options there are. Uh, Her doctor did prescribe um, some medicine for her. I don't remember what it was, but um, she had really bad side effects. And at the time, the doctor said there was only two kinds Um of medicine available and it didn't cure it but it slowed down the progression and actually when she was on it she was doing really well it did seem to help her memory a little bit she seemed to be a little more aware but the side effects were 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 pretty bad you know all all over pain she felt dizzy and and tired all the time so so we had to take her off of it so hopefully we'll get some positive results from uh, when we see the neurologist. So let's, you know, knock on wood for that. So today I would like to talk about haters. Haters are something that I think everybody's had to deal with once or twice or even more in their lives, depending how much you're hated. (laughs) And it's always been something that I haven't really been able to understand. In my life, I really haven't dealt with people who've disliked me, who've who've had it in for me. But I know there's people out there. I mean, there's always going to be people out there that's going to criticize, people that make fun, they're going to tell us we're idiots, roll their eyes, you know. There's always going to be people like that in our lives, no matter what. And, uh, no, and, and it hurts. It really does. So like I said, I've never really had to deal with it. But in 2001, I was living in Cincinnati. Here's my, here's my hater story. I was living in Cincinnati, and I had just been hired by Family Dollar to be a manager. And the supervisor wanted me, wanted me to be trained by one of his best managers. And she also happened to be, like, the right-hand man for, for him. She, you know, did a lot of things, made phone calls for him and set meetings up. And, you know, she just did a lot for him. So he really liked her, and he was he felt she was a one of his best managers. So he wanted me to train with her, which I'm thinking, great. Why not train with the best, right? So she had her store in Newport, with Newport, Kentucky, which is just over the river from all, from Cincinnati. And I was fine with that, no problem. So I went to the store, and the store was kind of small, wasn't a, a very big store. But it was it was very it was a very packed store. It was like a if you walked into a hoarder's house that was neat, 
<laughs> it's kind of like what it looked like. There was just so much stuff. And when you went to the back room, it was the same back there. It was just crazy, crazy amount of stuff back there. And on this day, a delivery came in. And this truck was, you know, I'm thinking a few stuff, right? No, this truck was packed with merchandise. And we had to take it off and find places for it. Now, where I had come from, you didn't have excess inventory. Excess inventory was a big no-no. You just carried what you needed. And that was it. Maybe a little bit more to, to, in case you ran out. But you always carried what you needed. That was it. You didn't have no backstock. So all this stuff was just like, whoa, where, you know, this is, and this was new for, for me. I had never worked in discount retailing before, so I, I didn't quite understand it. So I was asking the man, I'm going to call her Sarah because I don't remember her name. You know, this is like 20 years ago. So I'm talking to Sarah and I'm like, wow, you know, telling her that, you know, I, where I came from, we don't, you know, the stores that I've worked at, we don't carry, you know, excess inventory. And she's like, I don't know. And I'm like, so what do we do with all this stuff? She goes, well, we'll find a place for it. And I go, I go, did you order all this? She goes, no, most of it comes from, you know, the corporate office. They just send us the stuff and we have to find a place for it. I'm like, well, why would they send you so much if you don't have any room? She goes, I don't know. And I'm like, well, I'm thinking to myself, you should know you're a manager. You should know why it's like this. You know, so I'm thinking, trying to, because I'm the type of person that I, I want to figure things out. So I'm just guessing that, you know, it is a discount retailer and they get their stuff, you know, from overstock and, and discontinued merchandise. So they get all this stuff, they buy it, and then they just ship it out to all the stores. They probably don't even have a warehouse. They just use all the stores' back rooms as their warehouse. That's what I'm thinking. Sound logical to me. But, you know, nobody had an answer. So we're finding places for all this stuff. And then later on, we have to do inventory. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Inventory? We're doing inventory now? You just got all this crap? I mean, I'm telling you, the store had tons of stuff. And to be honest, I've never been in a family dollar since this time. So I don't know if the family dollars out here are different than the ones in Cincinnati. But just trying to find a place for everything was a nightmare. And now we had to inventory all of it. So it was me, the supervisor, or me, the manager, Sarah, and the assistant manager. So we're counting everything and, and doing inventory. And I noticed that they had boxes, what, they had shelves super high up. And all like for me from California, I'm thinking, earthquake, we're going to die. We're, we're just going to be buried in all these boxes. So I noticed she was up there counting the boxes but she wasn't looking inside of them and on the outside it was all labeled it was like say it was for instance 24 napkins which was labeled on the outside of it but she wasn't counting it inside she was just reading the box and I was thinking wow that's somebody could just go up there and steal if you're not counting the boxes so that kind of let a red flag for me. It's like, this is kind of sketchy here, but I, you know, it's her store, whatever. So later on, uh, the, this, the um, assistant manager's, you know, teaching me paperwork and, you know, how to do, you know, the money at night and how we're supposed to write it up. And, and you know, 
earlier that day, we were going to go to lunch, and we were sitting around talking, and they had talked about going to White Castles. And I'm like, you know, I'm not a big White Castle fan because being from California, it's like, this is just like foreign meat to me. It's just, I don't know about that. I guess you probably just have to be raised out here to to like White Castles. And she turned to me, Sarah turned to me and said, we don't care what, we, what you think. And I'm like, okay, fine. And I just went off somewhere else to eat lunch. I didn't even go with them to eat lunch at that point. So that night, I'm like, what is with Sarah? And she goes, Sarah doesn't like you. I go, why? She doesn't even know me. And she's like, oh, well, she saw your paperwork, and she saw that you got hired in for more money than she's making. And she's been here for 10 years. And I'm like, so that's, be mad at the supervisor. Don't be mad at me. It's not my fault. And it's like, you know, apparently he felt I had more experience when it came to management because I had managed a few other stores before I had gotten this job so whatever but she was just angry about that so a few days later we go to a supervisor's meeting and the supervisor had all of his district all of his managers from his districts there I'm going to call the supervisor Ken because like I said I don't know his name so Ken before the meeting Ken says you know come to my office first before the meeting and I'm like okay fine so when I get there Sarah and she had like four or five other managers around here and I walk in and she's kind of like talking to them you know whispering to them and then they kind of look at me and then they kind of say a few things and then smile at me and I'm like okay whatever so I go in and Ken's like so how are things going I go they're going good he's like well I hear that you have been bad-mouthing the company and I'm like I'm not bad-mouthing the company I go where'd you hear that he goes well I heard that you were and I'm like, well, the only person you could have heard something that from is from Sarah, because she's the only person that I talk to, and I've never badmouthed the com- company, so I don't know where she's getting that from, and by this time, I was mad. I said, bring her in here. I will confront her, because she is a liar. I never badmouth this company. I don't I haven't even worked here long enough to badmouth this company. So he goes, no, no, it's fine, it's fine, you know, let's just do the meeting. And I'm like, fine. So I go out there, and Sarah's like, oh, Sherry, come sit with us. And I'm like, no, that's fine, I'll sit, I'll, I'm good here. You know, and then I hear them laughing. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. So after the meeting, I just go home. I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm mentally spent at this point. So I get home, and Ken calls me, and he goes, I think tomorrow, Sherry, we're going to send you to the Coleraine store instead of back to Newport. And I'm thinking, good, I don't want to go back there. Because he's probably afraid there's going to be a big old cat fight when I got to the store accusing her of lying. So I go to Coleraine. The Coleraine store is uh, a lot better. It's bigger. Um, it's in Cincinnati. It's bigger. It's, it's more organized. And, of course, the first day I'm there, it's inventory. So we're in the back, and if you're a manager, inventory is like the worst day of the year. You hate inventory. So you're there doing inventory, and there was a lot of people there doing inventory and because it's a bigger store. And it was actually a very organized store, so it was like, okay, fine. you know. And I could, it seemed what they had here, it was organized, and it made sense. The other store, it did not make sense. So I'm thinking, good, I'm going to learn more here. One of the managers, of course, was one of the managers that Sarah had in her little posse during the meeting. I'm thinking, great. You know, so she's kind of cold to me, and I'm like, I don't really care at this point. 
So the next day I'm working and whatever, whatever, and um, it's getting time for me to go home. And I'm the only one on the floor. And this new manager is upstairs on the phone. And, and you're not allowed to go on registers. At least Family Dollar had it, where you couldn't go on the registers unless you had a number. And I didn't have a number. I was still new. I could be trained on, a, on, the, on the register with somebody there, but I just couldn't jump on a register. So there's guests lining up to be rung out. So I call up to the manager and say, you know, we have customers. She's like, I'll be down in a minute. I'm like, okay, cool. So I'm waiting, waiting, waiting. Five minutes later, nothing. And I see another employee come down from the office. And I'm like, are you, can you jump on the register? And she goes, I'm not clocked in yet. She goes, I don't work for five more minutes. I go, well, can you clock in early? And she goes, no. And she walks outside and starts smoking her cigarette. And I'm like, so I call again and there's no answer. So I ask the other employee, I go, what is going on up there? And she goes, oh, she's talking to her boyfriend. They're having a fight. I'm thinking, oh, no, great drama. Perfect. So I'm thinking, screw it. I'm just going to ring these people up. What's the harm? You know? So there was like five of people in line. So I rang everybody up. And by this time, it was time for me to go home. The other girl clocks in. I'm out of there. I'm like, God, I'm off tomorrow. Thank God. Next day, the phone rings. It's Ken. He goes, so Sherry, you're on the register? I go, yeah. And I told him exactly what happened. He goes, well, the register came up $500 short. My heart just sinks. And I'm like, Sherry, I'm thinking to myself, you idiot. You idiot. They set you up. Of course. You were on the register. You weren't supposed to be on the register. It's perfect for somebody to steal. Perfect. And I'm like, I did not. You know, I'm telling him, I did not steal. I go, did you look at the cameras? He goes, not yet. I'm like, okay. So I go, well, when you look at the cameras, you're going to see that I'm trying to get somebody to the register. Nobody's coming. I go, you'll see I did not take the money. I go, you'll also see that there was probably not even $500 in the register in the first place for me to take. So he goes, well, you know, we're going to look at everything and, and we'll see what happens. And then in the meantime, you're suspended till we find out what happened. I'm like, fine. So he calls the next day and says, okay, well, we found the money and it was just an accounting error. I'm thinking, yeah, right, an accounting error. And I'm like, okay, fine. And he goes, but we're still going to have to fire you because you violated company policy. I'm like, I violated company policy because nobody was ringing out your customers. He goes, I understand that, but we're going to have to let you go. So I'm like, okay, give me my money. He goes, well, you're going to have to wait a couple of days. We've got to get all the paperwork done, but you can just pick it up at you know, the store that you, were, that you were just at. I'm like, fine. Now, by law, they have to give me my money right away, but I wasn't going to fight it. I didn't really care at this point. I was just so disgusted and glad I was out of this hellhole of fam- called Family Dollar. So I go and I go pick up my check. I go in there. I tell, ask the manager for my check. And she's like, uh, it's not here. I'm like, Okay. She goes, maybe it was at the other store you worked at. I'm like, okay. So call them. Nope, my check's not there. I'm like, okay. So they call payroll. Payroll does not have me in the system. In fact, they have no Sherry Todd working at all at Family Dollar. I'm like, what the hell? Turns out good old Sarah 
never turned in my paperwork. Really, this great super manager forgot to turn in my paperwork? Right. So by this time, I was mad. I'm like, I want my money, and I want it now. I, it's not my fault. You guys screwed up. So they call somebody, whatever. And by the way, Ken was nowhere to be found. He was out of town. His daughter was having a baby or some sort, so he was gone. So they pretty much emptied out their safe at the store to, to pay me the money they owe me. And I left. And... I was never so glad to leave a company as I was by that. It was just pure hell for three weeks. And all because this girl, Sarah, had it in for me. And I had never dealt with anything like that before. You know, obviously she was jealous because I was making more money than her. Um, she felt that I probably wasn't as good as her or whatever the reasons that she had up in her head. Reasons that really had nothing to do with me. But I took it personally. I took it really hard. I took like, wow, all these people had it in for me. And if you come from a history of sexual and physical abuse like I have, you don't have a lot of self-worth. You know, so automatically you grow up thinking whatever happened it's your fault it's your fault it's your fault if it's a lifelong therapy to get over that way of thinking that you're not worth it and everything that's happened to you is your fault so i was feeling this way i was feeling my god this woman and her friends and they somehow convinced the supervisor by the way i told the supervisor that his precious Sarah was stealing from him, so hopefully they fired her, especially when she didn't turn in my paperwork. So I'm trying to deal with all this hate that was towards me, and I was trying to figure in my mind, what was I doing for these people to be so angry at me? I realize now I wasn't doing anything. It was just all them and their pettiness and their jealousy. And so I was feeling kind of dejected, but I needed to get a job. So I called my ex supervisor who told me if I ever needed a job, give him a, give him a call and he'd find me a job. So I called him and he said, you know, Sherry, I don't have any management positions open, but I do have a manager who needs a lot of help and she needs an assistant manager. I'll give you that job. And I said, fine, a job's a job. So where's it at? Well, it's right off of Queen City. Long story short, it was in a bad area. The store had to have been one of the original stores built from 1930. You know, it was super small. The store was so small. And they had a, a theft problem. Not only were managers stealing, the employees were stealing, the customers were stealing, and the store was getting robbed like once a month. And I'm thinking, you're putting me in this shithole? Really? I took one of your stores from a poor performing store to a million-dollar store, and you're putting me in this store? So I got offended, and I felt he was treating me like a piece of crap. And I said, that's it. I've had enough. I'm done. I'm done being treated like crap. I'm going back to California. And I did. I did. I took off, and I left. 
Instead of realizing that he was asking me to help, to use my expertise to help this manager and turn the store around, instead of looking at it as a challenge and a compliment, I took it the other way because I was so angry and hurt by what happened to me with Family Dollar. I let the haters get to me, and I left. Totally changed my life around. Totally changed it. And, you know, I can look back and say, God, who knows what would happen if I turned that store around. You know, I could be, you know, a supervisor now. I could be making good money, or I could have been killed one of the times the store got robbed. You never know. Can't look back. You know, and I, I'm here now, and I believe God puts everybody where they need to be. But the point being is that I let something affect me, and it changed the course of my life. You can't do that. You can't do that. You have to take my experience and learn from it. You know, I learned the hard way. I ended up giving up a lot because I was mentally spent and hurt by what had happened. And I just threw it all away. I just had enough. But the thing is, the haters aren't going to hate you unless you have something they want. The haters are going to hate you because you have something they want or you're doing something that they want to do. There's something that you have that they want and they're jealous. The haters aren't going to attack you unless you have something special. You have to remember that. There's no reason. If you, if you don't have anything important, the haters aren't going to say anything. You know, you have your own agenda. You have your goals. Don't let the haters turn it around and take it from you. Don't let them beat you down. I'm not going to lie, it does hurt, especially if it's coming from people that you trust or people that you love. Because, you know, even family members, even friends can be haters too because you have something that they want, that they need, that they're jealous of. And they're going to attack you. But you got to learn to realize that's on them. It's not you. You have something they want and they're going to try to do whatever they can to make you miserable. If you fail, that's a success for them. They're like, I knew it. I told you. No. You do what you have to do and you move forward. Don't let the haters get to you. You know, you can't listen to the haters. You got to keep going on because what they're going through doesn't define what you're going through. Haters are going to hate. Simple as that. You got your own agenda. Don't let the haters keep you from your goals. Keep moving forward. Stay positive. Stay positive. And if you got haters in your life, you know, you got to get rid of them. You got to move on. You, you can't keep people around. They're going to bring you down. You got to surround yourself with people that are positive, people that support you, people that love you for who you are. And you don't need the people that are going to be backstabbing you left and right and lying to you all the time. You don't need that because your real true friends, your real true family, the people that really do love you, they got your back. So don't let the haters turn you into a hater, too. So I hope my little life lesson there had helped you a little bit. I don't know. Just some experience I'm throwing your way. You know, what I'm doing now, there's people that um, aren't uh, 100% supportive of it. And 
Does it hurt? Yeah, it hurts. But you know what? I've gotten to the point now where I, it doesn't bother me like it used to. I did in the beginning think of just shutting it down because it was just like, I, I don't want to deal with this. But I found that it helps me deal with it better. So I'm not going to let it get to me. Don't you let it get to you either. We all have something in us. I mean, I used to think, who would be jealous of me? I, it's just me, Sherry. I, I'm, I, you know, I don't have money. I don't have, you know, a fancy car or a fancy house or a fancy job or, you know, I'm not beautiful. And, you know, I'm not, you know, somebody who walks into a room and everybody goes, Sherry, and comes running towards me. You know, I'm just an average person. But ordinary Sherry has something. The haters, remember this, the haters aren't going to hate on you unless you have something special. Remember that. So I want to talk to you about comments. I'd appreciate if you would stop what you're doing right this minute and comment on Apple Podcasts if this is where you're listening to. Please comment. I want to hear comments. I want to hear reviews. I want to hear, I don't want to hear it, but I'm going to see you ratings. Rate me and give me a review. Please, I would so appreciate it. I like this podcast to reach as many people as possible. And to do that, I need to get as many listeners as possible. And I need to get as many reviews as possible. Because the more reviews and the more subscribers I get, it kind of spreads. You know, it just keeps spreading and spreading. So if I can get people to do that, I'd like to get this out there more to, to, to more people. Because I have a lot to say, and I think I, uh, the experiences that I've been through, I think it could help some people. And that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get understanding out there, especially with child abuse prevention, sexual child abuse prevention. That's something I'm really going to focus on um, and uh, talk more about that in other episodes because it's very important that we stop the epidemic of sexual child abuse. So that's something I'm going to be focusing on a lot. Also with dementia with my mom, which is, you know, I update on on what she's doing. And, you know, she came up with a weird story yesterday and it had to do with my brother and me and my other brother. And it was like, and she talked to my sister-in-law on the phone, which we don't have a phone, so I don't know how she did it. But I just said, oh, that's interesting, Mom. So, yeah, those the stories she comes up with, though, some of them are funny. I laugh for days afterwards because they're just so outrageous. But, you know, just some of the, you know, amusing stuff. You got to look at the got to look at the light side of something that's hard. So I want to bring this, you know, I know there's people out there that are caregivers of loved ones and it, it's a hard thing to go through. So I like to share my experiences so people don't feel so alone. So. Comment, rate, subscribe, and we're going to get this out there for the world, and we're going to change some people's lives, I hope. So thank you for listening. You can find a lot of links, including the Sherapy Alexa skill in the episode description or in the bios of my Sherapy with Sherry Todd Facebook or Instagram pages, and don't forget to subscribe to those. I really appreciate your support, and until next time, always remember to embrace your voice. See you. Bye. You can find Sherapy with Sherry Todd in your iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, or other favorite podcast apps. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode.